This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash. Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is Writing Excuses, episode 23, Viewpoint Intense. 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. And I'm Howard. All right, Viewpoint Intense. This was actually a question asked off of our, um, one of our, by one of our readers. And it's something I really wanted to get into because it's, it's vital. I actually feel that um, a lot of new authors, one of the main things they do wrong is viewpoint. Picking the wrong viewpoint, not understanding viewpoint. Let's lay some ground rules first. Um, when I say viewpoint, what am I meaning? What are the different viewpoints? Dan. Uh, what you mean by viewpoint is who, whose head the story is in, so to okay. speak. Yeah. It's first person, or it's third person limited, or it's third person omniscient, or third person cinematic, I think is what Card uh -huh. calls his other one he made up. And then second person. When you're Orson Scott Card, you can make them. You can make up viewpoints. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, what is tense? Howard? Do you know what tense, tense is? <laughs> I, I, well, I didn't study English, but I, I think I, tense is, uh, did it happen yesterday? Is it happening today? Yeah. Did, uh, uh, Pretty much those are the only two yeah. um, you see in fiction. Uh, past tense, present tense. Not a lot of future um, tense books out no, there. No, not <laughs> <laughs> um, But generally the standards in fiction are either first person or third person limited right now, um, and either present or past. 
Um, so let's talk through what you get and kind of sit, talk about what we think are the standards and why they're the standards. Let's start with viewpoint. Um, Dan, what does a first-person viewpoint give you that a, that a third-person viewpoint can't? First-person is what I almost exclusively write in. And what it can give you, first of all, is a very personality-driven narrator that mm -hmm. you don't usually yeah. get with third. Because in third-person, the narrator is... You know, he's there to fill in the gaps right. that the characters don't give you. Mm -hmm. Whereas in first person, the narrator is your main character. And yeah. so you can get everything colored through his perceptions and his emotions and his, you know, everything else. So that gives you a lot of personality, like I said. It also allows you to trick the reader through an unreliable narrator. Right. Yeah, you can do an unreliable narr narrator much better in a first person. The danger of yeah. a third person narrator the is first person or third of a person? third person okay. narrator, mm -hmm. the advantage to a first person narrator is that with a third person, it is much easier to fall into the tell instead of show yes. trap. Yes, much mm -hmm. easier. Um, I think a first person narrative is generally a lot better at the whole, the narrative meaning blocks where there is not really action or dialogue going on. You can evoke character through your first person di um, Just it's a, it's a monologue. The whole book is a monologue. Yes. I wrote Alcatraz in first person for that reason. I actually tried it in third person first, and it didn't work. And I changed it to a first person because those blocks of space. You needed the narrator yeah. to color the reader's perspective right. of mm -hmm. the, the action. Now, yeah, go ahead. The, the, the extra personality in, injected by a first person narrator is also, I think, one of the reasons that first person tends to be very common in YA. Yeah, I was going to get into that next. Why are, we, why are we seeing it so often in children's um, literature, particularly YA as opposed to middle mm -hmm. grade? Well, part of it is that personality thing that... Um, you know, if, if you hand a book to a kid and say, here, read this, every third paragraph is written by a, a faceless, personalityless person, mm -hmm. it's not going to hold their attention as much as if it all comes through this person that they immediately get inside their head and identify with. Okay. I think it can suck you in faster. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's, it really. boils. It yeah. boils down very quickly to the child is more likely to identify yeah. with the Identification is another big mm -hmm. one. Um, you, you, and in YA, one advantage is... Um, you're generally writing a shorter book, um, which means that you can let it stand on the shoulders of one very charismatic or very interesting character yeah. a lot mm -hmm. more easily, which allows you to do this. Um, what are some favorites that you guys have? First-person narratives that have worked really well for you. Um, I'll, I'll just throw out Robin Hobb's uh, Farseer series as one of the big ones in epic fantasy, probably the biggest one doing first-person right now, except also Patrick Rothfuss. Um, is doing first person in, with Name of the Wind, both very excellent uses of the genre uh, of, or of the, of the viewpoint. Any other favorites you guys have? There, there's a book coming out from Mirrorstone this fall called Confessions of a Teenage Vampire, something along those lines yeah. that I read an arc for a few months ago, and it was fabulous. It was all in first person. It was very, very well done. Okay. Um, Moby I'm Dick, a hard first person. Moby um, Dick, first person. Another great one, Dracula, first person. Um, mm -hmm. A very interesting use of first person. And again, a lot of the great um, YA coming out right now is first person with a very dynamic, uh, dynamic voice to it. Let's go to third person. Now, we split third person into limited and omniscient. Um, let's not talk about the diff distinction there right now. Let's just talk about what we gain. Why, after just talking about how great first person is, why are we doing third person ever? Howard, any ideas? Why? 
Uh, third person allows the narrator to tell jokes that the protagonist <laughs> that can't. Okay. Yeah. That's, um, I, when I do when I do footnotes in yeah. the comic, obviously it is mm-hmm. third person, right. and it's third person omniscient, right? And it's it's fun. I have to be really careful with it because you do too much of that, and the yeah. whole book starts to read like an encyclopedia of absurd land. Right. Right. Okay. Dan, what else do you gain by third person? Um, one of the thing, one of the strengths you mentioned of first is that you can rest an entire book on one charismatic right. person. Third allows you to spread it across many different characters. Yeah. And to follow, you know, your group splits up and you can follow one group in third person for a while and then follow yeah. another group for a while. And you can have many more viewpoint characters in third, yeah. which is you very, very that. hard to it, do It's hard to do in first. I've seen it done yeah, in first. I, have, I can't yeah. remember the titles of the books where it was done, so it Sorcery couldn't have been Cecilia too good. Is one. Um, uh, Saberhagen had a Merlin book right. that was uh, in first person, and each chapter was a different character. Yeah. Um, uh, one of my favorite books is House of the Spirits by Isabel Allende that actually flips back and forth. Sections mm-hmm. will be in third and then other sections will be in first from the grandfather's okay. point of view. Um, I think that generally accepted third person is better at multiple viewpoints. Not yeah. always. Oh, yeah. the, the problem oh, yeah. with first mm-hmm. person is, is, since you're saying I all the time, the reader actually kind of starts to forget even what the name of the I is. That's yes. just the person who's speaking. And as soon as you flip to another first person who's speaking, it's extremely jarring. Yes. Um, and it can be, they, the way that Dracula gets away with it is by making it epistolary, meaning it's all letters and journal entries. And so each one mm-hmm. will have a heading that says, this person is, this is a section from their journal yeah. or yeah. something like this. But even still, I think that if you're going to have a large cast of characters, a third person narrator allows you to just get inside each of their heads much better than a first person does. And also the narrator is going to be more reliable, generally. Even though the narrator is still a good third person is colored, I think, by the perceptions. Mm-hmm. You can do what Howard said. You can, you can make the narrator speak in a way that the, the character wouldn't. It can be a yeah. little more eloquent. It can be a little bit more well-written than if the character were just to sit down to write it themselves. Um, if you're going to start playing with yeah. prose right. and really using... I don't want to say flowery descriptions, right. but start writing very, very evocative sorts of right. descriptions of the sunset or the mm-hmm. falling leaves or whatever. Third person is your friend. Yeah, it can it can really work well um, for things like that. Now let's let's divide up third person limited and omniscient. Um, I'll I'll add the just the introduction to this first. Um, omniscient used to be the old standard. Um, it used to be what everyone did. In fact, I don't even know if they talked about limited um, if you went back 50 years ago. Dune is omniscient. Ender's Game is actually omniscient. If you look at it, there are occasionally sections in Bean's viewpoint but, or comments made. But it's really not um, a big deal. It's not a big point of okay. the story. Um, during the, the late 80s, early 90s, it seems like we transitioned into third person limited in sci-fi fantasy being yeah. the standard. It, it really is probably 60 to 70% of the stuff yeah. out there is third person limited. Limited. Yeah. Um, okay, okay, help, help me out mm-hmm. because I'm uh, not that smart. What's the difference? Um, yeah, give me, give me an example. Okay. What can a third person limited yeah. if not I, do? What a third person limited can't do is tell me what Howard's thinking. Um, right now sitting and looking at me. An omniscient can say, Howard thought this. A limited, in, from Brandon's viewpoint, looks at Howard and says, he thought that maybe Howard was thinking this, but he wasn't sure. 
or Howard, you would describe only information the character knows. If the character doesn't know that behind his shoulder, the murderer is coming up with a knife, you can't say the murderer okay. is coming up with a knife. In an omniscient, you can. Um, a great okay. omniscient is the Hobbit. Hobbit is a delightful, wonderful omniscient um, where he will say, you, you, he won't actually use these, but you can use the little did they know. You can't do that in limited. But what it allows you to do is a limited will just stick you right in their head almost as well as a first person okay, without so, some of the limitations. So the, now that I know what we're talking right. about, I think a useful, <laughs> a useful trick for writers is not to think of third person limited as, uh, as you know, something other than omniscient, right. but take, if you're going to write in third person limited, decide how it is you are limiting it. Yeah. I am mm -hmm. never going to show the villain's viewpoint, for mm -hmm. instance. I'm never going to show well, and it's, it's, thoughts. In science fiction and fantasy, it's actually very structured. The third person limited that we all just kind of accept, but we don't talk about to people, is actually kind of a, I don't know, you, you learn it by reading a lot and you just start doing it. Um, but if you don't know how to do it, you actually come off looking like kind of an amateur when you write. Oh. Um, one of the big things, rules with it is, whenever you switch viewpoints, you put a line break and then you can jump into someone's head as if you mm -hmm. body snatched. Um, we, you can use direct thoughts from their head, but if it's not in direct thoughts, they're not actually, you know, usually thinking it as much. It's more, a little bit more commentary. Uh, you yeah. we see this a lot. What do you think, Dan? You, the, the way to make third, to start off in limited is you need to get into a scene and you decide who, and we're going to talk about this yeah. in a minute, deciding whose viewpoint you're going to use. And right. then you pick that one person and you don't right. leave it until you break scene or do a line break and jump into somebody else's yeah. head. And you don't tell any information they couldn't mm -hmm. see. Now, and this is one of yeah. the biggest mistakes that writers will right. make. You see this all the time is we're all in Brandon's head the whole time and then we find out that uh, Howard is really tired. There's mm -hmm. no way Brandon knows that. Yeah. And it's called a viewpoint error and it actually kind of marks you as an amateur. Now, if you're doing a good omniscient, it's something different. Dune and right. The Hobbit are, are something different. Mm -hmm. um, I notice what Dune does is it's, um, it's by paragraph. You're in a different person's head every paragraph. Um, what The Hobbit does is The Hobbit brings in a third-person narrator character the same way you do. The narrator is its own character, and the narrator is telling a story. And the narrator will occasionally say what Bilbo thought or felt, but he'll also, you almost can see Grandpa Tolkien sitting there and telling you the story. Yeah. Um, now, what advantages do you get from that? From omniscient? From an omniscient like that versus a limited. What, what we've, we've, you can do an omniscient. I will say, be very careful if you're wanting to write mainstream science fiction fantasy, um, writing an omniscient without really knowing what you're doing. But mm -hmm. how do you treat it differently? I, first of all, I'll agree with you. you mm -hmm. I think omniscient is the hardest to write. Yeah. It is so easy to screw it up. Um, and wait, just to be clear, yeah. that's what I'm doing, right? That's what you're doing. You write omniscient. The narrator knows all the things your characters don't. Wow. Um, and but you so, do it very well. You do it very well. So it, why don't you tell us how to do it? Because I didn't even know I was doing it until we started okay. this podcast. This is hilarious. Um, <laughs> one thing that I've noticed about omniscience, that if you write kind of the Dune way, where you're, you're getting into everyone's head, it's much harder to keep secrets from the um, readers. Mm -hmm. And when, yeah. when people writing an omniscient well will often set up the, the conflict, not as um, does the what's going to happen. We'll do, it's, it's how will the heroes 
foil the villain's plan because you know the villain's plan. The reader does, the characters don't. Mm -hmm. And in a limited, more often the characters will not know what the villain's plans are and it will come as a surprise or a twist. A good example is, I keep using Dune because I think it's one of the last great science fiction books written in a a really good omniscient. And in that, when, um, when the traitor walks on the screen, the doctor, he, you immediately know. We're immediately we, told that yeah. Yui is the traitor. Going, he's a traitor. You immediately know it, and then it sets up a, oh my goodness, he's a traitor. How are they going to get away from this? Whereas in my books, when book Mistborn 2 has a traitor in the group, you don't know who the traitor is. We're never jumping to their viewpoint, and the characters are always wondering who's going to betray us. Different plot structures that I think you have to understand your viewpoint in order to tell the story the way you want to. You almost always jump to the villain's viewpoints um, in Schlock Mercenaries. You will often tell us what they're doing or show us little clips. Um, the thing is you're doing something even kind of a hybrid because you, um, you're deciding when to show us what scene and what yeah. not, when not. Yeah, um, I, the, the the fact that there's pictures uh, that's a that's a big cheat I think and it uh, <laughs> well because the narrator himself a cheater well the, the narrator himself uh, yeah. speaks maybe once or twice a week he yeah. speaks during scene changes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. meanwhile in the Galactic Core yeah mm-hmm. meanwhile aboard the mercenary warship touch and go yeah uh, it, that's what I use him for. Now, I think we're going to have to do another podcast on this, so let's just yeah, keep, keep, keep talking viewpoint, and then we'll transition into when to choose which viewpoint and, tra- and tenses next Sounds time. Sounds good. Um, but oh. let's talk about the third limited, because so many of our readers are going to either be wanting to write third limited or first person. Those mm-hmm. are really, you want to choose one of those two if you're writing fiction, unless yeah. you really know what you're doing. Um, what do, why do you think, Dan, the tr- the, we transitioned from an omniscient to a limited as the as the standby. What what happened? I, I actually think you may have already hit on this when yeah. you talked about keeping secrets from the reader. Mm-hmm. Because third person limited is the only one where you can really do that. You can't in first because you're inside the guy's oh, no, head. You can keep secrets from the reader in first. But it's very hard to do. The, you can keep secrets cheating. from you can keep the secrets secrets from the reader regarding what anybody besides the first person right. is doing. Yeah. Everybody else can mm-hmm. be a secret. But you lose one big secret in first person and that is do they live or die? Um, which is one of the reasons why I'm very careful. I read a Robert yeah. Reed book where it what? was written. The in first, first person dies. It was written that's in first been person. Done for so many, so many times though. <laughs> that's yeah. not a, that's not a twist anymore. I don't think. I was. Yeah. I didn't see it coming. Okay. And I hated the book oh, okay. because of it. So. <laughs> Um, anyway, okay. You can do the first person is dead at the end, but wherever they are, they are able to get their story written down. And I yeah. think it loses mm-hmm. some of your, your tension. Um, it Lovecraft did it wonderfully um, and kept the tension up. But even still, I think you'll lose a little bit in that. Um, and so I think maybe that's one reason. But why, why not omniscient? Why limited? Any ideas? Yeah, probably just because it is immediacy so hard and it. secret keeping and you know, plot twists. I honestly think it's the immediacy, as you mention it. Um, I really think that if third-person limited, allows you to gain a lot that you get from the first person. If you read Robert Jordan, he's brilliant at the third limited. Um, when you're in Avienda's viewpoint, she notices things that other people don't. All right, Dan, give us a writing prompt. All right, here we go. We talked about keeping secrets, and so the writing prompt is write a scene in which in third-person limited, in which your viewpoint character has a secret that he or she does not want any of the other characters in the scene to know. Okay. Join us next week. This topic's too big for one podcast. We'll have to get packed to it later. We're going to can of worms this topic entirely. We'll talk about tense next time and more about how to use these distinct viewpoints. Um, Not next time. 
Let's We'll talk about it on another podcast because next time we've got something else to talk about. All right. This has been Ryan Excuses. Thanks for blabbering at us. <laughs> As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.